0: I just want to do god's will the kind
1: of revolution that the world needs is a christian revolution if you want a miracle you've got to expect it to happen you are the recipients of god's grace and god's blessings and you rejoice in that reality
0: welcome to life today live i'm randy robinson glad to have you here and you know we've been watching this situation in ukraine uh russia's invasion of ukraine and uh Uh, We have mission partners over there, uh, and it's been very, very difficult. I know, obviously, a war-torn country is uh, a place of horror stories and difficulty. There are some good things going on, uh, even through all of this mess, both in Ukraine and wider areas across Eastern Europe. And so I wanted to get a little bit of an update, see what's going on over there, see what good things are happening and see what some of the challenges are. So I'm excited to welcome Dirk Smith, who is the vice president of Eastern European mission, which is an organization that has been working for over 60 years, primarily getting Bibles in the hands of people in their language, uh, which is always something I can stand behind, Um, but some other interesting things. So we'll find out a little bit about that, get a little bit of an update. So appreciate you guys being here. Dirk, welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you. Randy, thanks for being. Thanks for
1: having me. Good to be with you. Good to be here.
0: Let's start in uh, the hot spot in Ukraine, because uh, I've, I've heard, you know, lots of stories from people on the ground. Uh, what's going on with your organization?
1: We're busy. We're busy. I mean, obviously, our core activity is we publish, print, and distribute Bibles and Bible-based materials. In uh, last year, 35 different countries, 26 different languages. Mm-hmm. But last year, uh, the increase in the Ukrainian language was 40%. In one year wow uh, so it's uh yeah it's, it's busy and primarily you know randy i'm seeing uh we're seeing just the resolve of the ukrainian christians the believers they are they're all in they're all in disciples and uh, as they're traveling they're traveling with other ukrainians and you know they're they're dealing with the same hell they're all in the same situation but the believers are are handling it with uh dare i say some peace that passes understanding Mm. and uh, so the non-believers are looking at them and saying how are you doing this how are you doing this in a better way than me and uh, so then they they share about Jesus they either give their Bible away or they're the ones who are asking they get where they're going and of course the requests are coming in from all the border countries Poland and uh, you know Hungary I mean all the all the surrounding countries because they don't have Bibles in Mm. in Ukrainian Um, and we're getting reports that they're asking for Bibles even before they're asking for humanitarian aid, which is kind of, kind of bizarre. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they want the, they want the foundation. I mean, they want, they want what's going to last because man, their foundation has been rocked for sure. But, uh, Mm. but yeah, from a physical perspective, this war is, man, it's so wrong. Uh, The, the war crimes are just mounting and it's just, it's, um, this is not military. I mean, we're, we're, we're bombing civilians. I mean, we're bombing houses that have sleeping children in them and, and they know that, you know, Putin is just, it's, it's evil. It's straight up evil. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Have, have uh, any of your people, whether from outside or in country, uh, locals, um, have they been affected in any way negatively other than, I mean, obviously oh, dislocation yeah. would be an obvious one. Where are your, where oh, is your yeah. base? Do you have a base in Kyiv there?
1: Yeah, in Kiev, yeah. yeah, we're in Kiev. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, of course, our, our national uh, our national director for Ukraine, uh, Dasha Novakova, she's originally from Donetsk, the Donbass region, so oh she had to flee. Yeah, she had to flee and leave. A, her and her parents live together. Uh, she's a single mom and in uh, a nice little house, and her dad was a beekeeper and, you know, beautiful little place. And then, of course, the separatists come in. They got to get up and leave. And they don't know where they're going. We helped get them relocated in Kyiv. We got them all set up in Kyiv. Everything's going great, and then this happens. Yeah. And uh, so we got them. We evacuated her and the women. We were able to evacuate them to our our uh, our offices in Vienna, uh, which is where our home base is in Europe. But the men had to stay. You know, they can't they can't leave. Yeah. But uh, we we had one of our people who ultimately left, uh, left Ukraine and decided to come to the States. I mean, her apartment was completely destroyed. Thankfully she was in Vienna when it happened, but I mean, bomb hit and destroyed her, her place. Um, it's just so, it's just so random, Yeah, you know, and, and it's just hard to, hard to imagine, you know, you're sitting here as we're sitting here talking and you know, bombs going off yeah. just all around you. And you have no idea. I mean, it's not like you're, you're near a military, you know, infrastructure to, to where you think okay i'm at risk everybody's at risk
0: yeah it's just so yeah it's just so random uh, since, since this thing has been dragging out it seems like the russian strategy is to raise it to the ground you know
1: mm-hmm. a lot of places
0: yeah. and we've, we've actually yeah. seen that i mean i've seen i've seen footage of places that just wiped out do you guys work in russia at all oh yeah
1: oh absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: How, how, how is that going because i mean that's yeah. that is just wild to think that yeah you know you're doing work that you've been doing for decades and now you find yourself working on both
1: sides of a, a war. Yeah. Well, cause the people in Russia are hurting. They don't want this war. Mm. You know, that's the interesting thing. If your name ends in like OVA or VA and you're Russian, your roots are Ukrainian. Mm. So your nation is now bombing your ancestors mm. and they know there's, they know this is wrong. So the citizens of, of Russia, I was in Russia in 2019. Uh, was in St. Petersburg, and I took a train down to Moscow. And never been more warmly welcomed hmm. by any people group than I was the Russian people. Wow. I mean, absolutely warm, wonderful people. So, you know, and I know I, I've said this before, and I know you get this, but it, it's very, very easy. We, we tend to do this. It's just human nature. You know, we want to put people in boxes. And so we want to say, Ukrainian's good, Russian's bad. And that's just not true. We've got Russians who are just begging for the Bible, and our distribution has increased in Russia uh, over the last two years. I mean, they're they're hungry. They're hungry for God's Word. And again, it's everybody's being hurt. Now they're not being hurt near to the magnitude. It's completely different, right? But they're being affected by, by this as well.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, some of their relatives and sons are being sent off to to fight. Uh, in some well, yeah. yeah,
1: well, and they're fleeing, you know, and, and I know people, if they're, you know, listeners, they just follow the news. I mean, Russian young men are fleeing the country hmm. by droves. Well, they I mean, don't got to get out. Yeah, they, they don't, don't want to be drafted. They don't want to be drafted. Yeah. They don't want to go fighting this. And and all the reports, of course, you know, media is not really reporting on it. But how many Russian soldiers are surrendering and just putting down their weapon? Hmm. Just going, I, I'm not doing this. I don't I don't want to do this. Please take me. And. Uh, you know, Bakhmut recently in the in the news, people are following it. Ukraine, they are in little Ukraine. They've they've pushed the Russian troops back. Mm-hmm. They're they're coming coming back and taking taking Bakhmut. And then, of course, what happens after that happens? And you know, we got the bombings in Kiev that just took place. Yeah, you know, just we're just gonna keep. We can't we can't beat you on the ground. So, how how does how does that impact
0: you know the people that you're trying to reach? Do you find that 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 sort of Uh, conflict and just devastation, darkness, if you will, does does it make them more receptive to the gospel in some way? Oh,
1: man. Yeah, Randy. I mean, all we got to do is, you know, just go back to Jesus' parable of sower. You know, I don't know why we call it the parable of sower. It really ought to be called the parable of soils. Mm. And uh, where there's good soil and the seed gets planted, you can't stop it. You Mm. can't stop it from growing. And that's really good soil. You know, I think all of us would look back in our lives and when trauma or some something earthly, um, devastation or trauma or stress happened in our lives, we can look back and go, you know, if I was a believer, I either hang on to God and in that time, I grew so much mm-hmm. or I walk away from God, which is, of course, tragic. Um, you know, my family's been through it here, here recently. I mean, well, I say recently in the last four years, uh, my wife uh, of 34 years was diagnosed with ALS, um, uh, back June, June of 2020, she would struggled with, with something. We didn't know what it was. She just passed away in January. And, you know, so when you go through trauma and I'm, and I'm looking at my kids and, um, you know, she said to me, we, we had this prayer that we prayed for our kids and that was God, give our kids whatever they need to make you number one in their lives. Mm. And um, my mother prayed it for me, made my wife aware of it, and I'll never forget she came to me and said, are you aware of this prayer your mom prays for you and your siblings? I said, yeah, I am. I was hoping you wouldn't find out because I was afraid she'd want us to pray for it for our kids. So she said, we need to. So we started praying that prayer, and I'll never forget about a year into her journey with ALS, she looked at me and she said, do you know that prayer we've been praying? Mm. our kids I said yeah she said she pointed to herself she said I think this is it I think this is the answer and I said all right well God and I've had some serious conversations I'm I'm gonna have another serious with them because you know I'm not excited about that at all and she looked at me and she said wait a second haven't you said you would die for our kids and I said yeah she said why not me why not me so and I have watched my kids travel this Randy and I will tell you, they're different today. They are different today than they were. So when we go through trials, man, we grow. And that's exactly what's happening over there. I mean, there's some serious trials, but the soil's being churned up. So the seed, the seed lands, you can't stop it. Mm. You can't stop it. They become all-in disciples where they recognize, man, this isn't our home. This is not, this, this is not the kingdom. We have a kingdom that is, covers a much greater area, and it's never going to cease. And that's what they talk about, and that's what they're engaging with. Wow.
0: Uh, man, my, my condolences.
1: I, I did not know that. Um, you no, it's good. That. No, no, it's good. I mean, I don't bring that. I don't say that. To, it's it's um, honestly, you know, if people are listening to anybody who's experienced ALS, um, it's a blessing. It's a blessing when they go. It's yeah. uh, it's a horrible disease. Mm. So, yeah, she's free. She's uh, she is at her perfect rest.
0: Uh, I you know those types of things. Um, you know I've lost people close to me, not my wife or a child. Thank, thank God at this point. Um, but when we lose someone close like that, it forces it can, it should force more of an eternal perspective and, and you know an evaluation a re-evaluation of what's important uh yeah and i i can only think that when you we respond the way that you are which is the right way that it elevates the significance of the gospel and an eternal perspective uh i'm guessing that i mean you're you're probably already there but it just deepens it in that regard yeah well how how does i mean how does does
1: this affect what you do well that's exactly right i mean i've always been passionate about what i do i mean this i i haven't always been in in uh you know nonprofit. um i was for-profit for a long time healthcare consulting management consulting i mean i've got my mba i'm not a i don't have a theology degree um but man when i Started doing what I'm doing for EM, I was passionate about it. Sharing the gospel with people, getting people Bibles in their language you've never had before. I mean, that's crazy. What an opportunity. But, boy, I've never been more passionate about it than I am now. You know, especially with the war. You know, because I can easily look at me and say, oh, woe is me. But that's there's no place for that. I'm not the only person that's lost his wife. You know, my kids aren't the only kids who have lost their mom. And that doesn't make it easier. It doesn't make it good. But we're not alone. But there's always blessings because I can look at the folks in Ukraine and say, you know, I had a, I had a three-year warning. You know, I had a three-year, you know, when she was diagnosed, we knew she's going to die. But those little kids that were laying in their bed, just went to bed, kissed their mom, their mom kissed them goodnight. And then a bomb drops on them. Hmm. You know, yeah. then you got grandma and grandpa that may be survived or whoever the survivors are. It's, you know, that's, tra- that's tragic. And that's the stuff that's, so they are looking for hope. They are looking for hope, as we all should be. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's so easy, though. We fall back into it. When things are going good, you know, and, and what does James say? This life is a vapor. It's a mist. Mm-hmm. And as my wife used to say, the problem is sometimes it's a pretty good vapor. It's a pretty good <laughs> mist. Sure, sure. You know, we're, we're kind of fat and happy. We're like, hey, life is good. And so then we forget. We, we focus on this kingdom. And God gets pushed to the side. Um, but it's not happening over there. I mean, they are all in. And I, I was just there uh, last week in, in, uh, in Vienna and got to visit with our Ukrainian team members. And uh, Randy, I'll tell you, the amazing thing is the smiles on their faces. I, it just never ceases to amaze me. Here they've been pushed out of their homes. Their homes are destroyed. They've lost family members. They've lost friends. And I greet them and they greet me with a hug and a smile mm. and and because of my situation they looked at me and said how are you doing and I'm thinking are you kidding me <laughs> you got to be kidding me yeah. yeah you know but that's you know that's the eternal perspective yeah. that's the eternal perspective yeah no I, and
0: well, I mean what what a beautiful testimony I mean it who, it just um, it invigorates i think everything that you do i, I want to show people real quick uh because you guys are at the tail end of a campaign um, bibles for kids this is their website at eem.org which stands for eastern european mission Uh, so you can go join Uh, you want to give bibles to kids not just in ukraine but uh, across eastern europe Um, this is a great place to do it you mentioned that you just got back uh, traveling talk about some of the other places and what's going on. Uh, cause I, I don't know, you know, the needs in other, other places across Eastern Europe, but I, I can imagine they're, even though they're not in the war spotlight there, uh, there's some pretty big needs over there. Yeah, we, um,
1: well, the, the nations. I was in Vienna just briefly, just to see our team, because it's been three years, just because my wife's journey and then COVID and all that mess. So I hadn't been over in a while. So I got to see them, which was really nice to catch up. And then I headed to Zagreb, Croatia. <laughs> Croatia, man, what's happening there is just crazy. We've um, we've now put Bibles in the public schools in Croatia and Bosnia Herzegovina huh. um, at the end of last year. About a million, about a million wow. Bibles. Wow. Um, and they're giving them to the kids uh, in the public schools. Uh, they they want to change the face of their nation. They want to get their kids back focused on a Christian worldview. And uh, and that, of course, was bred out of Ukraine because Ukraine, we started doing that nine years ago. And right before the war, we put Bibles in over three-fourths of the public schools in the nation of Ukraine. Huh. And they were teaching a, an elective called Christian Ethics. Wow. and. Ninety plus percent of the kids took the class, and where they saw the kids take the class, test scores went up and discipline problems went down. Huh. Go figure, you know it's not rocket science. And uh, you know their government—they weren't—they weren't just wrought with believers, but they were pragmatic. <laughs> They're saying, man, if that's what's doing it, we got to offer this everywhere." So that spread—it's going to Croatia. Then I was in North Macedonia on this last trip. I mean, just just uh, last week and uh, visited with some uh fantastic people there and we've they they made a request 450,000 children's bibles for their public school children. And we had to split it up into two. We did 225 last year and we're doing 225 this year so some of this bibles for kids campaign that you mentioned is for uh for some of these bibles in North Macedonia. Uh, obviously some some for Ukraine as well. But Hungary's doing it, uh, Romania, Bulgaria. I mean it's just it's it's crazy what's what's happening. But, you know, Randy, I tell people, you know, you're in Texas. So, and so we're all the Texans. You got to understand the landmass. And, and, you know, if I didn't work there, and so I'm not, I'm not shaming anybody. I mean, my European history was horrible until <laughs> I started working there. I didn't know the map, I European geography. But uh, this would be like Mexico being the, the power that Russia is. Coming in and invading Texas, South Texas, bombings. I mean, just imagine all that happening. People in South Texas now start fleeing, start moving north. They get up to DFW and they get up to East Texas. And now they're spilling into Arkansas and Louisiana and Oklahoma with these horrific stories. Mm. Well, now you got, you know, the people in, obviously, that are still in Texas are going, good grief, that's right there, folks. I mean, that's that's right there. This is scary stuff. And then they're you know, then their missiles are coming, they're hitting DFW. You know, it's hitting DFW periodically, just randomly, just hitting. Um, well, what would happen to the whole region? What would happen to people in Oklahoma and Arkansas and Tennessee, you know, Louisiana, all the neighboring states? It would be very real.
0: Yeah.
1: Be very real. Yeah. Because you now would have these refugees pouring into your state looking for shelter. And, and you would be hearing these stories firsthand. Would our, would our soil not be so rocky as it is right now? I mean, do you think in America, we might, because we got, we got the Bible everywhere, you think we might not be so biblically illiterate that we can't even figure out what a boy and what a girl is? And, you know, I mean, some of the crazy that's going on, I mean, because the rudder is completely up out of the water and we've just pushed God out. I mean, I, you know, when we say one nation under God, I go, come on, Really? Give um, me a break. So
0: it's something, something good
1: to strive for. <laughs> we're certainly yeah. not Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're, we're not exactly. one nation, and we're yeah. not under. God. so. Uh-huh. It should not be a slogan. Maybe a goal. Yeah, yeah, that's a goal. Yeah, you know. But, um, so, so yeah, it would be. We would be the same way. I think it would. It would impact us exactly the same way. Yeah. People are people.
0: So I mean, so what Bosnia and Herzegovina. Um, Croatia and, what, Serbia were all at war back, what, I don't know, the Clinton administration, yeah. how many years it's been? Nineties. Yeah, Nineties, yeah. Um, is Bosnia Muslim or Serbia is primarily Muslim? Um,
1: A lot of these nations are. Well, North Macedonia. North yeah, Macedonia, Macedonia is yeah. uh, 30% Muslim. So here's the cool thing about that. So we're putting 450,000 children's Bibles into the schools, 30% of those kids are Muslim kids. Wow. Yeah. So... Um, the number, and of course I was in Greece, uh, as well. I went down to Athens cause we had a lot of work there and with all the Middle East refugees that poured in there and have poured through, I mean, we just, God just created missionaries and huh. I mean, thousands and thousands of Muslims came to Jesus and, uh, wow. yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, what, what does that look like? Cause that's fascinating. Um, and unfortunately it can be seen as a political move at, at times, you know, some of the Religious moves, Muslim countries don't like you Christianizing them because they view it politically. But uh, what what does it look like for the Muslims in Eastern Europe to be exposed to the gospel and to become Christians?
1: Well, they're being uh, they're being taught by fellow Muslims, so that's kind of the neat thing. And <laughs> a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these um, Muslim refugees that poured in from Afghanistan, Iran iraq um syria well yeah syria uh, i mean i'll tell you one one example i got a couple of friends who are both afghani and uh live in live in greece now and are are missionaries to the <laughs> to the muslim people i mean they they travel and they're just missionaries That's awesome. um but uh Masoud is uh, one of the guy's names and and as I, I i saw him again when i was there and just had a great great time catching up with him but um when i first met him They'd, he and he and another guy, they'd become Christians, and they have this big gathering uh, ministry there called Hellenic Ministries. Has a big gathering, and and they have the seventh floor of a building, and they feed, um, they feed people, and uh, every Monday night, and so it was one of those feedings, and there's like 650 Muslim refugees packed in this room, and and I'm watching these guys serve, and they're they're having fun. You can tell they're friends. So afterwards. I went up to him and I said, you guys are both from Afghanistan, right? And They said, yeah. I said, "Uh, so are you friends in Afghanistan? And they both laughed. They went, no, 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 no. I I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. He's Shiite. I'm Sunni. Oh, wow. In in my country, we're mortal enemies. But in Jesus, we're brothers. And I went, oh, my gosh, you kidding me? So what has the power to break down... The walls of a fifteen hundred year old holy war, new peace treaty, new ambassador. Nah, how many of those have we been to? One thing, Jesus, Prince of Peace. Yeah, and that's it, man. I mean, Jesus, for a heart that is searching, a heart that's open, he transforms, Mm. and and he he will not be stopped. Oh man, I love it. I mean, see, okay, you guys
0: watching? Did I not tell you you, you'd hear some encouraging things despite the the horrors that go on in this world? God works through it all uh and yes. and can just change the landscape for the better. I mean we see what happens when the, you know I, I would call them demonic forces, you know, killing people indiscriminately and children and it just it, the there's terrible things going on. Uh but we got a God who's bigger and he can set yeah. set Amen. things right which is yeah. why I think it's important. And you know, we're a mission, we're, we're a ministry here, but we do a lot of mission outreaches, including in Ukraine. I've been to Romania and some orphanages many years ago when the AIDS was ravaging that country. Um, but you know what, At EEM, man, they're just a, another player on the same team. And so, yeah, I, I would encourage everybody watching just to just to find out where's, where's God directing you? You know, life, life outreach, great. EEM, great, but just do support someone who's on the ground, sharing the gospel, doing things like what you're hearing out of Dirk. Uh, I want to ask you, cause Dirk, you didn't ask me to do this. Uh, but what can people do for EEM that would help you the most right now? Randy, we are
1: limited by funds. That's it. Um, our distribution last year increased 28% in one year. And, uh, now, as I tell my team, I refuse to believe in a God who's going to open the doors up over there and not open the storehouses up over here. And so, in God fashion, our our donations increased 26% last year. So, uh, but I sideline I sideline projects every year. So, when our European team submitted requests for this year, it would have been a 58% increase in our budget. So, if people want to get involved, eem.org and participate in our Bibles for Kids campaign. You're giving kid, you're giving children a a Bible that I mean, they've never, they they don't know these stories, they've never read them, and five dollars provides two, uh, because of the matching funds that are there. We've got donors that are matching these gifts, so typically a Bible would be five dollars, but right now you give five dollars, you're giving two Bibles. So give up a, give up an expensive cup of coffee, just you know, and and give a Bible, give two.
0: Dirk, you're you're setting the bar too low, man. A I, cup of coffee, buy,
1: two, buy 20 know. Bibles for Christ oh, That's exactly oh, right. I, mean, I know. know? <laughs> I mean, it's, but it's, you know, and the the deal is, yeah, our goal is $2.8 for this, for 560000 But if it's overfunded, <laughs> I got about a million dollars worth of projects <laughs> yeah, sitting on the sideline that I can immediately say, yeah. get them in print. Let's get them out there. Yeah. So, well,
0: I mean, and, and you know. Just the, we always want the gospel to get out uh, and when you really have people shaking and hurting like they are all over eastern europe because of the situation in ukraine uh, it's just it's it's an opportunity that we as a church cannot sit on the sidelines. we got to get in the game Man, we got to get in the game on this one uh and offer people the amen. home and amen turn things around you know with the gospel it's like you said it's the only thing that can overcome all these man-made divisions and and hatred and hurt oh, man, and suffering. Yeah. It's the only thing. So I appreciate you. Anything else you want to add before I let you go?
1: No, man. I just appreciate you. I appreciate what you do and and uh it, it's obviously your your message is unity and that's it. That's what we're seeing oh, yeah. over there. And I just I'd encourage every to listener to read John 17. Just read Jesus's prayer for unity. And then just ask yourself, am I being am I adding to this or am I taking away from this? Yeah. And if if we're taken away, man, let's repent. Let's let's be about the unity.
0: Yep, yeah, and like James says, let's not be hearers of that word; let's be doers. So get out there and do something, man. I love it again, Dirk. Thank you. Appreciate all you guys watching. Uh, hit that like, share, subscribe, other buttons to do good things, uh, and and get out there do something. EM dot uh, wonderful place to put just a few dollars, get some Bibles in people's hands. Appreciate you being here. We'll see you again next time on Life Today Live.